The National Defense Authorization Act for 2020, they're still in committee draft, expected out today, possibly. Both the House and Senate are focusing less on fresh reforms than on making sure DOD acts on reforms passed in previous years. Joining me in studio with more, the president and CEO of the Professional Services Council, David Berteau. All right, so we don't have a lot of new reform coming. What do you see as the emphasis for prior reform that Congress wants? Well, Tom, thank you. And uh, there are a lot of issues that uh, at PSC, on behalf of our members, we've been following for years and been advocating for for years. And, and we're delighted to see the, uh, the Armed Services Committee's focus on how well the executive branch is doing in implementing these things. You know, all too frequently, uh, Congress thinks that once the legislation is passed, it's self-executing, but it actually does have to be implemented by the Defense Department in this case. Uh, a couple of examples. One is, is our uh, bugaboo for many years, the lowest price technically acceptable or LPTA contracts. Uh, three years ago in the FY17 National Defense Authorization Act, uh, we were fortunate to get in, in that act some provisions that would require DOD to do a better job of deciding when LPTA was appropriate. We are still waiting for the final Defense Federal Acquisition Regulation Supplement that will issue that. Now, they did put out a proposed rule uh, last year. We submitted comments on that. We're waiting for the final rule. What the committees have done is they've put in the bill requirement for DOD to come brief them on these. Well, it's about time is what we say. Because sure. Because if you, you will follow that which you are uh, – you will implement that which you are following. Or which you're measured and evaluated on. That's right. The idea of Congress in 17 was to cut back on LPTA, which is what I think industry wanted. It is what industry wanted. And what industry really wanted was not so much a a, a target of the number, but the process to make sure that, in fact, uh, you only use lowest price when it made sense to do so. In buying a commodity, for instance, where you've pretty got got a pretty clear idea of of what the range of capability is and so all you really want to do is what's the best price I can get. So um, there's no new LPTA rules or mandates coming just a mandate to get on with what we said three years ago. Not essentially. Right. Not not that we've seen now. By the way, uh, uh, in last year's bill, there was an additional provision. Again, PSC supported and sponsored this uh, and pushed for this that it would expand the Defense Department rules government wide. Because actually, this is a problem not just unique to DoD, but it's government wide. And one of the one of the characteristics of the National Defense Authorization Act is it often does serve as the vehicle for government wide reform, not just uh, reform. For the Defense Department, uh, you had, for example, the the Section 809 panel, which you've talked about on this show a number of times. 98 recommendations. Uh, we expect some of those recommendations to be uh, in, in the bill itself. Sure. The final thing is, of course, 98 the, bottles of beer on the wall. <laughs> why they couldn't get to 100, I don't know, but 98 uh, is plenty. Uh, and and some of those make sense, and some of those do require legislation. Uh, and keep in mind, we're only partway through the process here, right? So the, the full bills are, are out of committee, go onto the floor. You can have amendments on the floor, and then you've got to proceed to conference and resolve the issues. Last year, we had our NDA in August. Uh, most years, it's in November or December. I think this is going to be more like the November or December year than the August year. Sure, yeah, after the fiscal year has already started, by the way, we'll backfill the authorization. All right, LPTA, what else? Uh, for example, security clearances. This is something, again, that we've been on for many, many years now because uh, of both the amount of time it takes and the size of the backlog. And what we've seen is very real progress in terms of reducing the backlog in investigations, for background investigations. But unfortunately, much of that backlog has just slid to the right 
and is now stuck inside adjudications. We've worked hard. Congress has been very helpful in this regard to get visibility into the investigations backlog. We have no visibility into the adjudications backlog, and that's not centralized. That's divided among all the agencies that make these determinations. So we're pleased to see some reporting requirements in this bill to give us both some visibility and to put the executive branch some accountability for where they stand in that process. Sure, and this as that handoff is supposed to be happening sometime later in the year, in the calendar year, between OPM and the Defense Department for that whole background investigations business. That's right. And and while some of that is covered in the NDAA, uh, there's a piece of that, the Office of Personnel Management reorganization on the side, that will be covered in other legislation. And we've had some hearings and some language in Congress that says they don't intend to go along with that. So there's some dependencies in this transfer of the National Background Investigations Bureau to the Defense Department. There's some dependencies on other activities sure. outside the realm that we have to watch for as well. We're speaking with David Berteau, president and CEO of the Professional Services Council. What else? One of the big issues here is the amount of money, right? And and so the the House has marked its bill up to $733 billion. Uh, and, and the chairman, Adam Smith, has said, well, this is what DOD budgeted for until OMB and the president added more money. The Senate is marking up to the $750 billion. But the Budget Control Act caps that are still in place for FY20 are about $71 billion below that. And so the very real question is, what's the final number going to be? Because if that number is not what's been marked up to, then there's some dramatic changes have to occur inside, inside the bill. And keep in mind, you know, as of this morning, we're only three and a half months away from the start of FY20. And we're probably more than three and a half months away from knowing how much money we're going to start with. Although there are hopeful signs that conversations are going on uh, between the executive and legislative branches, at least on the Republican side. So sure. we're optimistic we're going to get a deal at some point. And as Congress contemplates what it's going to do to oversee and ride herd on the bureaucracy, the issue is Congress itself. Because when they are delayed in these budgets, delayed in these authorizations, that can affect markets. Absolutely. You've Absolutely. got this merger about to occur between Raytheon and United technologies. The market valuation of that depends on what the defense budget actually is and what the acquisition accounts are going to say. That'd be a great topic for a, a, another show, but uh, but I think that uh, the markets do watch very, very closely here. They make assumptions. One of the assumptions, by the way, in almost all the financial markets uh, calculations for uh, GDP growth, for economic growth in 2020, their assumption is that not only will we get a deal out of Congress and the White House on the budget caps, but that deal will be essentially at about the level that FY19 uh, sits at. And so that that $71 billion in defense will be added back. The $55 billion in the civilian agency will be added back. Should that not occur, you're likely to see an impact on GDP growth, which obviously has implications well beyond uh, the government contracting market, but certainly impacts our members. Yeah. So people start short selling the uh, defense stocks and the shipbuilding stocks. Absolutely. And, and one of the things you'll remember Six years ago, we went through this, right, when we had FY13, where the appropriations was above the budget caps level. We got to March. We had a sequestration. You had to give the money back, right? And, and I think that uh, the impact of that, there's been some analysis of that, although it's not dispositive, uh, that the biggest chunk of the impact was on contracts and contractors. And I think you would see the same thing uh, should we not have a deal and we have a shortfall of money starting in October of this year. Uh, the civilians have to be paid. The military have to be paid. Sure. Uh, the place you have the flexibility is in the contracting community, and that will have grave implications for the work that's done, for the companies doing that work, 
and for the way the financial marketplace, uh, Wall Street, et cetera, takes a look at that. Going I guess forward. that's life in the accordion lane. You're either being squeezed or being pulled apart one way or the other. Uh, sometimes simultaneously. David Berto is president and CEO of the Professional Services Council. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. To be continued. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature.